Post it after Jaycoon, get get destroyed. Oh, <laughs> uh, literally destroyed. It's all good. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I was not. I just happened to fucking click on it right after you posted. I was like, oh, you just got absolutely destroyed. Oh, God, I love it. Oh, shit. I don't even have my channel open. Oh, fuck. It's my first day streaming. Like, holy fuck. Son of a bitch. chat back yeah no shit though all right oh really that's fucking sick I can't get my chat back, bro. I accidentally minimized chat. I don't know where, I don't know how to get back. I'm panicking. Oh, there, I found it. Okay, no, now in the mod view, there is no chat. How do you mod without having chat? What is happening? I've never done this before. I don't know. I, I don't know how to fix it. God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. What? Okay, say again. I don't know. And on Twitch, I'm trying to just pop my chat out, and I can't do it because um, it, it went away in my mod settings. Like I accidentally clicked a button, and it was like hide chat, and I just now I don't know how to get it back. Uh, I uh, I see collapse. I see pop out. No, that's for the stream itself. Um, Channel actions, shield mode, followers only chat, slow mode, block terms. Okay, just close this. Uh, I don't know how to. I don't know how to fix this. What you my? Uh, you mean the BDO soundtrack? I told you. I told you. Um, like, kind of pops off, bro. Uh, That's on Jar Jar. What do you mean? Oh my God. What are we paying you for? How do you pop your chat out? Oh, here we go. Settings. Um, oh, here we go. Pop out chat. Oh God. Thank God we did it. All right, man. First try. Fuck, bro. Okay, I need to get Jaycoon's chat popped out. I need to get Deltus's chat popped out. Oh. 
Oh, see, this is why I have a stream PC, baby. Oh. Well. There we go. Pop out Jay's chat. There we go. Everyone's panicking. Discord, shut up, Jay. You're not supposed to share that. You're not supposed to share that, Jay. Damn it, Jay. This is a clean production. <laughs> uh, let's see. Pop it out. There we go. All right, now I have... I have all three chat windows open. I'm a fucking gamer. <laughs> Holy shit. Five monitors. No, I have I have three popped out chats for each. I have each of your chats open on one monitor. I know. <laughs> okay. So what did this mute to, bro? I said mute. Cedon, what's up? Hey, girl, hey. Yo, guys, thanks for tuning in. It's the very first podcast. I'm very excited. Very excited. audio issues bro all right thank you hey girl oh my god i'm very excited for the very first podcast okay i gotta get ready okay i'm doing great i'm just nervous i you know how it is i the brand new production i'm nervous
Okay. Right on. All right, we are ready for ready with the very first Old Moon Podcast. Let's go. Check it out. Check it out. Hello? Oh my God, it's Jay. It literally Hi. is. He's here. He can wave at you. He can also do a little dance thing, but that gets kind of awkward. <laughs> All right, so I'm joined here. Uh, of course, I'm your host for the uh, Old Moon Podcast here, and I'm joined here with my co-host, uh, Jaycoon VT and RSLA, otherwise known as Tiltus, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Jaycoon, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Jay, and um, my fair animal's a raccoon, and I play BDO. Hi, <laughs> and I'm 750 gear score. Hi. <laughs> oh, okay. Just measuring. Okay, we're just getting the measuring sticks out early. Then that's that's fine. Okay, all right. That's, I thought we were keeping the gear out of it. Gee, all right. Okay, buddy. And uh, uh, Tiltus, why don't you introduce yourself for us real quick? Yeah, what's up, boys? I'm Tiltus. Uh, I've been playing BDO for way too long, and I've killed like four guilds now. So you know. What? What? what they've all. In fairness, they were all the same guild. Um, <laughs> no, there was two. Yeah, right. There was two. There was the very first guild I was in. I killed that so hard it never came back. I. Oh, sure. <laughs> Ooh, okay, maybe we maybe maybe picked the wrong co-host. Yeah, we're trying to support the community. What are you thinking? What are you thinking about? <laughs> All right. So, um, just so you guys know the structure of the Old Moon Podcast, I'm basically going to be throwing subjects on the screen. Uh, we will be watching our chats to see if anybody adds something interesting to the conversation uh, that we want to put in. But we're going to have this current subject topic up uh, on this right side here. Uh, and we're going to start off with anniversary events. And Jaycoon, I'll hit you I'll hit you with the question first. Jaycoon, you've been playing the game a sure. super long time, right? Um, yeah. I, so have I, so has Siltis. You guys have been around for a lot of anniversary events. Do you think this current anniversary event, I'm not asking if it's good. I'm asking if it measures up to like the hype that like previous anniversary events in BDO have lived up to. Do you, yes or no? What do you, what do you think? Um, I think in the past they've like overpromised on a lot of things and this time um they've been a lot less um overpromising and I, I do think that's a good thing to a certain extent because in the past they they've done they've announced a lot of things like uh terror of the deep sea that was like some content i really wanted to um experience but they just cut it um and so i, I do think the the limited amount of uh you know announcements was a good thing to not overpromise things again and um what we have currently i think it's it's good <laughs> i do think it's good yeah well but when you compare it to like, do you, were you around for like the second anniversary and the third anniversary and the fourth anniversary? We had one of our anniversary events was like, do you remember like the accessory event where like you had to go out and do like a daily grind quest every single that was day? A, that was and, a good catch up. Right. And then you, you did it every day and you were guaranteed, and this is going to sound crazy, everybody, uh, a duo ogre ring. Wild. Yep. Absolutely insane. <laughs> that was madness back then. And you had a chance to get a try ogre ring. That was absolutely madness back then. I just, uh, I, I don't know, Tiltus, how do you feel about uh, like the hype compared to previous years? I mean, there was there was practically zero hype this year, right? Um, but I think that, like Jay said, not over promising stuff and then not and then failing to deliver on a bunch of that stuff is probably a better look than um, over promising a bunch of stuff and then giving us literally no content. 
feel like that's more of a problem with the ball than it is the anniversary event. Right? The, the balls in previous years when we were hey, dealing the balls, with... The balls are for one thing and one thing only. Hammers. Jay's hammers. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I used to love the balls because Jay would stand up there and lie to me for four hours about what content I'm going to get in the game. It was awesome. And then he started doing this crazy thing in the last, like, 12 months where he starts telling me the truth. And honestly... I don't know how I feel about it. I, like, there's one time, I swear <laughs> to God, the most exciting content that I've been so, uh, like, that I was ever excited about was Server Wars. They introduced this, like, two years ago at one of the balls. Jay had, like, this whole play, like, half the ball was about this Server War thing where your guild was going to have to ally with Valencia or Calpheon, and then there was going to be this constant open-world PvP struggle where you were going to have to uh, constantly try to raid the opponent's forts and try to uh, get in their castle and it was like 24-7 so all guilds were involved and you could constantly attack other guilds command posts and stuff. It was got this super sick description and we were all like we have no idea how this is going to work but we are very excited for it and Jay was like we also have no idea how it's going to work but we're glad you're excited and you're never <laughs> going to get it. Yeah, it that, was, <laughs> uh, that was the two years ago ball wasn't it? Calpheon from two years ago I think. Yeah like it oh god and then Honestly, Pearl of Us took over, um, and it's been a different story since then. But like the the as far as the events for like the anniversary specifically, I feel like the anniversary events are always like the most hype events of the year. Um, and I think that like this year, I don't know, man. I just feel like it, it just wasn't as hype as the previous year. I just didn't feel it because like it was just like you know a drop rate event. I will say the Pearl Shop deals, best Pearl Shop deals we've ever had. Um, period. Dot. But like. As far as, like, the events themselves go, I, there was no, like, crazy, uh, like, they're going to give away Tri-Boss Gear. I know that sounds crazy, but back in the day, Tri-Boss Gear was really good. It was super good. Um, nowadays, it's not as good, but, like, but they used to give away, like, big progression stuff for, like, new players or make us super excited as, uh, as veteran players uh, about playing the game. And I just feel like this anniversary event didn't just, just it didn't quite capture that. It, it definitely was hype. You know, there was a big drop event and stuff, but... We get drop events all the time. Yeah. Um, I said something I wanted to touch on. Oh, uh, speaking that same vein, something I didn't notice, and it may have just, I may have just missed it, but was there a New Year's event this year? Uh, when you say like a, event. Like, um, I say, remember back in the day, they used to get oh, boxes. Oh, yeah. No, but they, oh. they had to stop doing that. Dude. Okay, so there's a reason that they stopped doing that. This year, their event. Oh, I shouldn't use that. Sorry, definitely. Uh, the CMs. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, the CMs uh, definitely uh, set off fireworks and Calpheon and stuff, which was amazing. But in a much realer <laughs> sense, we want free stuff. Um, <laughs> we. So no, we didn't get an event like that this year. <laughs> um, and in previous years, they actually. Okay, so the boxes have gotten worse every year, and then this year we didn't get yep. a box at all. It's like they've been weaning us off of it, <laughs> like it's some sort of drug. Like like if three years ago we got, or four or five years ago we got this box, and you had a ten percent count it, ten percent chance to get a Vels or a Garmoth out of this box. Yep. And you were guaranteed to get a piece of boss gear. But 10% mm. of the server got Garmoth and Vels hearts. And at the time, <laughs> that was crazy. And nowadays, was, that, would, that would be even crazier, right? Like that would be literally even crazier. And then the next year they were like, all right, no more of that because we had so many people. The word I'm gonna use is exploit. Um, the first time they gave away those boxes, they didn't actually have a quest like requirement 
on the boxes. Mm -hmm. So people just made, because it was a 10% chance to get a Garmoth's heart, people just made a bunch of accounts and just logged in, got the box, rolled it, and then sold the shit <laughs> to the marketplace. So like they, so then the CS and the GS were like, all right, that, they can't be trusted. <laughs> they can't be trusted anymore. We we have to put a quest requirement. They have to have at least finish the Calpheon quest line. And then the next year, the box didn't include Vels and Garmoths. And then the next year, uh, it got even worse. And then this year, we didn't even get a box. And it's like they were looking around like, did they even notice? Did anyone, no, no one even said anything. But yeah, Funny, no, like I, I, I didn't I, notice it until like a month ago. I was sitting there and I was like, Wait, did we get a box this year for New Year's? Yeah, yo, yo, hold, <laughs> like, hold up, man, bro. They just snuck it right past <laughs> you, bro. I... <laughs> they snuck it right on past you. Uh, but yeah, I just think that the... Um, I I'm excited for the Termian event again, too. Um, honestly, I'm always like excited for that boys. event. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm always excited for that event every year. It's not because it's a fishing event. To be honest with you... Fishing events used to be like the highlight of BDO, bro. Like you, you mm -hmm. could make more money AFK fishing than you could like at Pirates or Sausage, right? And then nowadays, um, it's like, what? Why am I, I? I could still just AFK train and make more money. Like I don't. <laughs> what do you guys do AFK? Uh, I'm dummy train. <laughs> okay. I, I'm still a fisher boy. I still fish. Jakin's like, I'm already 750 year score. I don't really have anything. Okay, buddy. Like, I... you, know, you know what I really miss about um, the summer events was Mysteries of Summer. I don't think we've had it for like two years or something, right? And, oh, man. Um, in the past, they, they've given out some like crazy stuff like the Black Pegasus, the Lion's Ring, which is like a red version of the Merchant's Ring. And now the last two years have just been, there was, there was no Mysteries of Summer. Yeah. So I wonder what happened with that. I think we harassed them to death. Does anyone? I'm, I'm gonna say the three. Rock look deep. So the, I yeah, rock look deep. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I think. I think the that the, I think the CMs literally never mentally recovered. I think they're still getting shit about rock look deep. Everyone was so pissed. That, um, How anyone, was that um, answer solved again? I completely forgot. I don't know. It was some like weird shit in tariff or something. Area in tariff, right? Yeah. That's it was yeah, it was literally something in Tariff. Uh, it had to do with something in Tariff. I didn't do it because I knew the Mysteries of Summer... Okay, for anyone that doesn't know, the Mysteries of Summer event used to be where it's these super hard quests in BDO. So the um, the developers, or in this case the CMs, would release like a riddle, like a very challenging riddle that you would have to have a lot of BDO knowledge and like player know-how to try to solve so then you go try to solve the riddle and then you would get another riddle once you solve that riddle you get another riddle which would lead you to the next step and so on and so forth and this was a wildly difficult quest line like notoriously like they would give away like um like jay Kun said they would give away like what like like t10 peggies or actually i'm sorry they give away black pegasus and i'm pretty sure there's only ever been three of those given away on the server one of which the account already got banned uh, because NA is awesome. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like the uh, the mysteries of summer used to be really, really cool because I would just watch everyone else mauled over it. I would never personally get involved because, oh, yeah. oh my God, dude. Like, cause like I'm just watching people jump on invisible platforms and you just, oh no, I can't do it. The rock look deep thing killed me. The memes on Reddit were legendary. I Like I oh, said, yeah. I'm pretty sure they never mentally recovered from it. Yeah, it was yeah I remember there was this one 
quest or um, challenge, you had to go on this hot air balloon in Calfion. And then when it flew over the Valtara Mountains, you had to escape, escape, or go to character select to land on one of those platforms. And I personally, could, I literally did it for like five hours and I quit after that because I, I couldn't do handle it anymore. <laughs> oh my God. Like I said, I'm there pretty sure. There were a lot sure. of fun things that came through with that though. It's, it's always fun when you see like community events like that, where you get a bunch of people together to do stuff. Cause I remember it's one of the few times I've been in the BDO event discord was for the rock look deep when everybody was trying to figure out all the riddles it's really cool to see the community come together over mutual hatred for the people that made those fucking riddles <laughs> I, it's, I, I, I really i mean truly it's it's a community bonding experience where we're all just <laughs> hating on the people that created these riddles and god bless them honestly they were super good but i really think that the reason we don't get it anymore is because we harass the shit um out of them too much and honestly it was a great event you're absolutely right i hope they bring it back this year um but like it was an amazing event um back in the day uh all right let's look uh let's look ahead to these uh patch notes here uh we did look at the taiwanese server uh to look at our patch notes for tonight it doesn't look like we're getting any um crazy good patch stuff tonight just a pretty standard patch uh with this one but one thing i do want to touch on is on the global labs there's actually a patch um it has like all these brand new passive buffs for every single class in the game so if for those of you that don't know corsair and some of the newer classes like draconia all have very special unique passives that don't really give them an edge so much in pvp but it helps them rp a little bit better and like it gives them special um advantages out in the game like you can get your church buffs on the fly or you can swim faster in the water as corsair or corsair can glide over the top of the water for short periods of time stuff like that so they're trying to give all of the classes in the game uh a buff like that now before i pop off about my class jake what do you feel uh, uh what, what do you feel about these these um these passives coming in here do you feel like any of them are too strong or too impactful and <laughs> yes, if you I answer warrior and valkyrie it's okay <laughs> Yeah, I do think some of them are way better than others. Um, you know, for ex you know, for Witch um, and Wizard, we got 5% additional knowledge gain or something like that. Um, and then some of the stronger ones, like I personally think this, the one that Ranger has and uh, Dark Knight has, um, you have a 30% chance to not use durability on your alchemy stone, which I think that's a really powerful passive compared to freaking 5% knowledge. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, not, not that we're going to pick one in particular, but if we were going to yeah. pick one that was literally quite, quite literally the worst, like F tier created its own tier, it would have been Wizard mm -hmm. and Witch. Thank you so much to the Wizard and Witch developers who decided that mm -hmm. Um, having 5% knowledge game would be equivalent to being able to ch change your skill add-ons in the middle of combat. Um, <laughs> that, these are the same thing. These are basically the same thing. I <laughs> tell us what do you I, think about it. I do it. wish um, As a more in line with the newer, the newer class passives. So, for example, uh, Corsair can turn into a mermaid in the water and swim a little bit faster. Uh, for mm -hmm. Wusa, her rain puts out burn debuffs. I think those are like those quirky class passives that I was looking for in the older classes. So, yeah, uh, I hope Hash runs faster through them. the desert. Mm -hmm, yeah, uh, I. So, tell us as a Valkyrie, tell us why do you think the Valkyrie one is so OP. I can just change my skill items whenever I, I want. Yeah, yeah, it's literally <laughs> the dumbest. What the like, hell? Oh, well, this one's not working. Let me swap that out real quick. What the hell, bro? Let me walk away from blue for 15 seconds and swap this real quick and come back. Yo, Vastmode interviews. Thank you so much for that raid, buddy. I really appreciate it. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, just actually a crazy, like, super intense passive. And then the Alchemy Stone durability. And then there's one of them that's just, like, your normal gear durability. Um, as, like, a mm -hmm. chance not to, like, lose durability or whatever over time. Again, all super useful things. But, like, as Jacob said, I was actually kind of hoping for, like, more, like, RP. I, RP RP's like a taboo in video. But, like, more RP <laughs> things. I was kind of hoping mm -hmm. that, for example, Tamer. This would this is gonna sound crazy. I'm gonna blow your heads up right now. What if hailing, when you started on your tamer, started as like a level one mount, right? And then over time it has its own mm -hmm. special stats, and then you could just auto path it, or like as you rode hailing around, it leveled up, or as you progressed on your tamer, it leveled up over time to like level mm -hmm. 99 or something. That would be really cool. It'd be like a little passive thing that like tamer got that nobody else really got, and you can see progression on your character. That'd be really neat. Um, but like, or or like like Jacob said, being able to turn into a mermaid is really cool. Uh, honestly, mm -hmm. um, the answer we were really looking for was anything other than five percent knowledge gain would have been honestly super <laughs> fucking spectacular. <laughs> you feel strongly about I'm that so, one. Huh? Man, I'm so mad. I was so I was like, oh baby, they got to chase their skeletons. I'm like scrolling through it. I'm like, oh my god, they get a free alchemy stone. I was, I was so upset. Bro. I was actually just so upset. Um, but yeah, I think they're really cool. I think they're headed in the right direction with the, that stuff. Uh, on yeah, that... it was something. Hey, it's something I brought up like many years ago. We talked about it uh, in like a group setting many years ago. It was like I like the idea. Like it was right when Hash came out, so we were talking about it, and I was like, I really like the idea, but. The implementation is a little weird for <laughs> which wizards. <laughs> Y'all get a. I'll get your 5%. They couldn't and, even uh, make it something like really good, like 50% or something. Like if it was something like really <laughs> significant, no, five. We get 5%. <laughs> and for people that have already been playing the game for seven years, I, you already have all the knowledge that you care about, right? Like everything else is like TLDR, mm. bro. Like I, we don't, we don't care anymore. Um, I don't know. I was just a little disappointed about it. In that vein, uh, do you guys feel that i know tiltus you wanted to talk about this a little bit but do you guys feel that um tiltus I'll, I'll, I'll let you feel it do you feel that pearl abyss is headed in the right direction with bdo do you feel like it's more fun to play today than it has ever been in the past is probably a more concrete way of asking it it's such a sensitive like conversation right because i'm so jaded from the days of when cacao ran bdo and nothing ever happened that we wanted. It was like talking to a brick wall. It was literally the meme of the guy talking to the brick wall. Um, and then PA took over and we got changes, but it was like weird changes. And now we have like this hope change, right? Where they'll, they'll pop out. A lot of the PUP guys will agree with me. They pop in for like the month of October and they'll get all the node war feedback that they can in that one month. And then they're like, okay, yeah, we'll implement some of these. And then, and then that's it. for the remainder of the year, it's very sporadic little, like, drops in the bucket here and there. It's like, like, this year they did seasons for Node War, which I thought was interesting. They called it a season. And I'm like, okay, cool. Elaborate on that. Like, give us something, you know, the season lasts for six months. And, you know, these these are the rule sets that you're going to be playing with for the six months. Oh, that's so confusing. Um, it's so yeah. confusing. They could have used any other word, bro. We already have True. a seasonal. Why would you yeah. use the word season? <laughs> There's yeah. any other word would have been fine. Okay, anyway, continue. Yes, um, so I think the devs listen more now than they have in the past. That being said, I don't think they listen particularly well. And I think the Archer's most recent change 
that hit live was one of those things where they increased archers damage across the board but every archer i know was like that's not what we wanted as an archer we wanted survivability we wanted to get skills with forward guard or something like that to help us stay alive but instead pa was just like here's a bunch of damage um so yeah okay so in fairness let's address the archer thing real quick so there's there's very critical things that like i feel like so i talked when i was at the calfion ball in la i got to talk with some of the developers and the uh, kr people that work on the game uh, and the way they like to do it is they have like a vision for the class that they want. Like the Archer specifically has like specific people that like, if these people say it, this is what's, this is what's going to happen on this class. And they have a vision for how they want that class to like function within the world of BDO. For, for like, for like, in terms of like overall RP, like it has to follow the lore, it has to fit in their play style. And it also has to have a balanceable mechanic that the other classes can play around. Archer specifically can almost shoot you. I, I'm sorry, actually, some of his skills can actually hit you from off the screen. If you gave those skills frontal guard on top of it, they're literally going to be untouchable. So, like, yeah, the, I know the I archers agree. want a... survivability, but also that's what gives them like balance. Like, is the fact that like you can actually hit them um, if you I close agree. the distance fast enough. And then they released Megu. And okay, well, that's a valid point. I honestly... Megu <laughs> has almost to argue with the that. same range as Archer, but yeah. can go through iframes for an indefinite amount of time, it feels like. So, trying to play melee class into a Megu just actually makes me want to die. Okay. Uh, honestly, that wraps back a little bit to our uh, our discussion. Like, the live, live patch notes actually just nerfed Megu a little bit. For those of us that don't know, uh, Megu did receive some nerfs on this uh, current patch. Most of them were just PvE nerfs, but they received a nerf to their class buff. I believe they ripped the critical strike chance um, yep. off of the class buff. Um, how do you guys feel? Does that actually impact Megu at all? How do you guys feel yes. about that? Is it strong so enough? I feel, I feel like the nerf was a lot better. The class, I don't, I noticed it this week doing Nota Wars. I didn't feel like I was getting blown up from off screen um, quite as much. Um, so definitely the crit buff change was good, but I don't think it was the core problem that I have with Megu from PvP. So it's good, but not really what I was looking for, if that makes sense. All right. Uh, it was critical hit damage instead of, uh, critical hit rate. That's my bad. Uh, Jacob, what do you think? Uh, Jacob, as a shy, as a full DP meme <laughs> shy, tell me, do you have problems with Megu? Is it able to kill you? Like, are you struggling, uh, as a full DP meme shy against this class? Like, do you feel oppressed? <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, as a DP shy, when when we're going into node wars, a majority of it is capped anyways, and so your your extra DP doesn't matter too much, other than HP. I think HP is the only defensive stat that really um, goes past caps, right? Uh, but you know, more ranged damage and just blows you up in general. Um, I do think in terms of like Megu PvP skill, a really common comment that I've heard about Megu is that, um, how do I word it uh, without offending Megu? The word you're looking for is overpowered. <laughs> I'm just, well, I'm just helping you. Well, uh, a common comment I heard was that it doesn't take too much skill to utilize the clone mechanic. You kind of, it just like, you kind of just throw it out. Um, and then it just naturally just confuses people even maybe even confuses your teammates or even yourself 
uh, for the most part. And so um, I'm not too sure how they could um, sort of balance that even further to make that less confusing. But I, I, I think the range damage has improved from nerfing the um, e-buff. But is the damage the problem with the class or or is it one of the problems with the class? Like you touched on my biggest problem mm -hmm. with the class here is that honestly, I think the developers were trying to do this thing and League did this for a while too. Like Riot did this for a while mm -hmm. too, where they just want to show us that they can do this cool shit. Um, mm -hmm. But they have no idea how they're going to try and balance it. So they introduced a concept to the game in this Megu clone and they were like, look how cool this is. We can totally <laughs> code this into the game. We're like, you're right. That is cool. So we're going to how are we going to balance it? And then they just went silent. Um, but like, so the, the clone is just such a difficult mechanic to balance mm -hmm. in PVP, especially large scale PVP. Oh, because God. how many of us have had somebody dive into our offense ball and you can't see their HP. You don't know if they're invulnerable for some reason, if it's mm -hmm. just lagging, if it's desyncing, you just have to keep hitting that thing until you know for sure, oh, they escape escaped or oh, that person's bugged, right? You have to like actually yeah. check. So it takes away this dynamic of this mega clone where you're like, oh, you just have to be good enough to tell the difference. No, like in large <laughs> scale, there's no way to really tell the difference between the clones and the, and the real ones because player lag and like desync and mm -hmm. and escape yep. escaping is a thing it's i feel like they introduced something here that i is going to be so hard to balance that we're going to end up in this thing where mega is either way over the top busted which is where we're at now or it's just bottom feeder garbage which is where they're going to have to put it to balance it like i don't even know if there's an in-between spot that they can find it unless they yeah, add so a new aspect to the mechanic go ahead one of my big things with the Megu clones is is there's two big things with the Megu clones that annoy the crap out of me. Number one, they should not be targetable. Just make them not be targetable. As a Valk BSRing, <laughs> when a Megu clone spawns in You're front pissed. of you and you drop on the Megu clone, it is the most infuriating thing on the planet. Let's be honest, you weren't going to hit anything anyway. Oh, we got True. it! I have <laughs> but the few times that I've been like, oh, this is a good one, and then there's a Megu clone in front of me, and you jump forward like two feet and drop all your damage on the Megu clone, you're like, oh, okay, dude. Yeah, yeah, That's no, really it's, it's awful. It's miserable, especially and, for. Uh, yeah, yeah. And the other thing that they need to do is it, it should just disappear if it takes any kind of chip damage. It right. just needs to move it, move it off my screen. If an archer shoots it, <laughs> and the it's gone. Well, then it's useless though like in large scale there's shit hitting things all the time you then then like this is my point like there's no in between either it's completely useless where like if it hit, anything hits it it goes away okay well that's completely useless right um in large scale um but in 1v1s that that fix works you're absolutely right small scale 1v1s yeah. that mm -hmm. will work but in large scale there's no real solution to this problem that fixes it across the board like i I've, I've been thinking about this for days unless you make the clone like visibly different like it's got like a like, I don't know, different outline around it or something like so yeah. that a player can actually tell by looking. If you look very closely and you can tell very quickly, oh, that's the clone. Um, like then then it might work, but like then you got to change the mechanic a little bit. So I don't I don't really know how you fix this. Like, I thought it was it's really cool. Really, but... It's a really fine line. Here's my only thing with large scale is every class plays differently in large scale than it does in 1v1s or small scales. If you want to be effective on your class, you have to change the way your play style is for 90% of the classes in the game. So if Megu has to change his play style, because correct me if I'm wrong on this, I don't have much experience on Megu. It feels like you can play the exact same in 1v1s, the exact same in small scale, and the exact same in large scale on a Megu. 
Whereas and in most classes successful. in the game have to change based on what situation you're in. Right. Like Warrior. Um, yeah. Like any class in the game really has to change. I mean, Valk just becomes a BSR target, right? Hey, don't. Yeah, that's not true. That's not true. Let's be honest. Let's give Valk, <laughs> let's give Valk credit where credit's due. Valkyrie's the best support class in the game when played correctly. Like, they they have the best healing in the game. And I'm a, I'm a witch, bro. I'm looking over at them yeah. like, bro, can I get some of that shit? um so like they have the best healing in the game they've got class buffs they've got their pa on there which is objectively better than the other pa so that valkyrie does add more uh aspects than just the bsr target but yeah i understand what you're saying i just think yeah that... but it's just like it plays like valk plays differently in large scale than it would in small scale or 1v1s zerker plays differently in large scale than it would in ah, 1v1s or but... small scales okay so I, I would challenge you with striker. Okay, striker. If I ask the average striker, I say, okay, hey, it's, what are you going to do? 90% of classes are different. What, Not what, all of them. What are you going to do against Dark Knight? Well, I'm going to one it her, and then I'm going to grab her, and then I'm going to leg drop her. Okay, well, what are you going to do against the Valkyrie? Well, I'm going to one it her, and then I'm going to grab her, and then I'm going to leg drop her. So some of the classes in the game are one-dimensional and they're built kind of like that but you're absolutely right Megu seems to be it's supposed to be dynamic enough that you can play it different ways but as it is right now you just hold shift and run around and like yeah. you're just iframe forever and then you have infinite range damage that you kill people with um yeah. so like i it's just that that class is just gonna struggle so much to be balanced maybe mm -hmm. maybe you're right maybe we do just get rid of the clone in large scale but then i feel like you're just eliminating the whole aspect of succession Megu that makes the class interesting it would be like yeah. removing the mermaid form on corsair and being like tough shit you can't be this good in large scale <laughs> like it eh, i don't know man There's you're just removing some of the identity that the devs could strike right now with the class the current iteration of the clones is not it maybe you iterate on it and you make it better somebody in my chat said maybe you make it disappear after a set number of hits against the target that's an option but right now it just doesn't disappear at all. It doesn't matter how much damage you pump into it. The thing stays there it's for really two annoying. seconds or whatever it is. Yeah. Even so. if the Megu's dead, it's still there. Yeah. Like you, you kill the person and the clone is still the there. Map? You're like doing double takes. Like, is that thing gonna, is it gonna hit me? Like, I don't, plus the clone like cast skills and stuff. Yeah. Um, Does this really show up on the mini map too? Um, I think that they fixed, um, oh good. I, I think they they added like a visual change. It looks different on the mini map now compared to before. It's um, but who's looking at the mini map for shot callers? <laughs> like fighting Amigu. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I, when you're fighting Amigu is when. It... <laughs> what do you mean you're not looking at the mini map? What are, are my shots not watching the mini map? Like what? <laughs> Who doesn't watch the mini map during war? Well, I mean, when you're fighting Amigu, right? When you're. <laughs> Just like uh, by the, the Megu itself, it's just you're not you're not trying to differentiate um, the group, you know, dots compared to just like looking at the Megu, right? Yeah, okay, that's that's that trips that's me up as a shot caller is when you see a diver come in and it's actually just a Megu clone that drops, you know, a, a few feet away from the ball and then all of a sudden it's gone again. And you're like, oh, I thought we were getting dove. We're actually not getting dove. That was just one guy with this funny haha -ha class. So I think yeah. there's a fine line that I there's a fine line they can strike with it the current iteration of it is not it though and i firmly believe mm, that agreed yeah uh, i think they're gonna have to do a little bit more than just nerf the damage uh is what i'm kind of getting and if they're gonna nerf the yeah. damage they're gonna have to nerf it into uselessness if they're gonna get it anywhere relevant now let's pivot off the pvp a little bit still on the subject of megu what do you think about nerfing pve on a class do you think that the megu needed the nerf in pve 
do you think pve nerfs all right this is a hot button subject some people hate pve nerfs. Like, why would you ever do that um <laughs> and those are generally striker mains um that have been dominating <laughs> for years and got really upset uh in a recent patch where they actually got nerfed Jake, uh, you, my personal right. opinion you should only nerf pve classes if they absolutely need it How about, do you I think, think in... do you think okay go ahead jacob I was just thinking in terms of like um, balancing PVE, um, generally to not, you know, make everybody angry, you buff the weaker classes is how it, mm -hmm. it should be to to balance that out what, versus like nerfing the stronger classes. And I think that's going to make everybody less. That's like the less evil of the two, you know, I, I think that there there is definitely a place for PVE. I know this is a this is probably a lesser held opinion but i think that there's a lot of players that play bdo and the only reason the only way they were they play the game is mm -hmm. maximum efficiency how many times have we gotten in our chats before what's the most efficient class in pd in the game that's the class that i want to play um yep. and so like <laughs> nerfing right like like they're not and that's fundamentally flawed right like if you approach the game like that you're gonna quit um, just because you're playing a class that you don't want to play. So I think that nerfing the Megu down to where some of the other classes are will give those players options and it will prevent a lot of players from quitting the game that would otherwise have just felt like, oh God, I have to go out and play Megu for another six hours today. Like, <laughs> I don't, like, I just don't want to do it. You know, like what if you hate the class, but you feel like you're forced to play it. So I feel like if you nerf the PVE on an overwhelmingly dominant class, then it actually yeah. does help um like the player base because less people are going to quit your game because they don't feel as much in my opinion like they have to play that class or they're griefing themselves right like um mm -hmm. and i think this plays into a little bit we're going to flow into our current patch notes where we we just got some big buffs to some of the classes uh in the current pa uh, patch notes like draconia corsair tamer's huge we'll touch i'll touch on that in a little bit uh, and i forget i think there's one more uh it might have been archer but like they got some big PVE buffs. Do you got? I, I don't think you guys play most of these classes, but I think um, Tamer. It was Tamer got a lot of buffs, right? Yeah, and Tamer's Guardian, huge. Well. Tamer had more gaps than Swiss cheese uh, in her movement uh, before <laughs> the patch went out, and now Tamer's movement is actually so crisp and clean. I almost mm -hmm. argue that it's it's a little over the top now. Like it's it's gonna be basically Mamo is gonna be unkillable, bro. You get that guy on the other team, you just dodge, just dodge the few. <laughs> um like tamer got really big buffs there and i think that it's pve buffs were were huge but most importantly i think corsair was in dire need of pve buffs man that class i tried picking up that class as a veteran player and i really only grind i don't grind stuff for efficiency um i just grind like the class that i want to grind and i could not grind corsair it was that bad it was miserable like there was just nothing redeeming about trying to play that class in PVE, but I do think the PVE buffs um, that came out with this most recent patch really, really did help um, the class overall. Um, so I'm very excited about some of those PVE buffs. Did you guys see the Draconia buffs too? Yeah. Yeah, they sped her up, didn't they? Yeah, they sped her up a little bit. Don't, what kind of implications does that have? <laughs> Bruh. Bro, can we chill out with the speeding them up, bro? We could have just given her more damage, bro. Like, this is the one time when we're like, please, just give her more damage. Don't, in PvE, don't speed her up. Speeding up the class has implications in PvP that are kind of monk a W. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I don't know. How do you feel about speeding up Draconia? Um, that definitely gives her more, um, uh, 
DPS, obviously. <laughs> but that does both affect yeah. PvE and PvP. And so, um, I, I've seen uh, the Draconias in in this last node where I was just uh, just bongoing on my shine, and then I just exploded from nowhere. And so, get that that Jay is what balance feels like: <laughs> screaming and then silence. <laughs> <laughs> like. I, I think that Draconia was already an overwhelmingly strong class in PvP. I thought it got a bad rep. So it got nerfed. Like when it first came out, it was like, oh my God, do you have more su succession Draconias than your opponent? If yes, win node. Um, and then they, they nerfed it and everyone thought it was terrible. And then it got like other classes kind of got brought down and then it, it got some buffs after a while. And it, it was kind of, it kind of ninja'd its way back into like A to S tier in PvP, and I think that it's really strong, and then they sped it up, and now I think that it's like S tier. I think, I think that that shit is super good. Whenever people ask me, like a new player asks me, what do, what should I play? I'm like, well, do you like having a big sword, doing a lot of damage, being infinitely tanking, having infinite sustain, and a good 100%? And they're like, those all sound like good things to me, Blue. And I'm like, excellent, let's go play that Draconia. <laughs> like, that's how you sell it to a new player. Yeah. Now, like. Would you like to do damage, dive into the middle of everything, have range damage, 100%, a great 100%, good in PvE? Like, you just list out all the positives without telling them any of the negatives about the class, and they're like, oh my god, this class sounds amazing. I'm like, I know, I need more of those. This is... <laughs> That's how you bait people into playing that class. So I think that that class is, uh, is definitely really, really strong um, in both large scale. And then I, in PvE, I'd say it kind of brought it I've watched some of the Draconia people grind, and I think it brought it to like, instead of being like D to C tier, it's now like in the middle somewhere. Uh, like, yeah. Um, I think, honestly, Awakening Witch, we didn't talk about Awakening Witch, but Awakening Witch got buffed a couple patches back, and that shit is mm. so good. Awakening Witch is way stronger now. Is it still like, is it particularly good? Um, it's debatable um but like i feel like I, it really does do some damage in pvp in pve it got massive buffs um and the elementalization buff helps it be just a little bit more mobile i understand that the class's entire thing is that okay you have to grab the awakening witch if you couldn't grab awakening witch then the class would feel op um but like i do feel like they're heading in the right direction with it i feel like it's trending upward mm. and i think that overall pa is doing a pretty good job with balance i know i might get shot for saying that but like i actually feel like they're doing a pretty good job with balance outside of megu and in fairness with megu i feel like they created the class and then they were like ah shit, we got to balance it now um so if you set megu aside i actually think that they've done a pretty good job with the game overall um in terms of trying yeah. to be transparent with us and stuff like that go ahead Diltus. i think uh i think Honestly, I just hate Megu so much that my <laughs> opinion is skewed right now. But I think if you if you can balance Megu or at least like gut it enough to where it's not the most overpowered thing in Node Wars for a few patches, so be it. Um, I think it's just a little bit too strong right now. But I think the rest of the classes are like all relatively close to each other for the most part. Um, I don't know what the upper echelon of PvP looks like right now, but I know in T1s, up until this most recent patch, it has been Megu Hell down here. Oh, it's, it's we assure you, it is everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's everywhere. So, um, so, okay, all right, I've got probably enough about Megu. We can move on to uh, one of our next subjects here. <laughs> one thing that I want to talk about today that, uh, honestly, I don't feel like anyone in the community is really talking about 
is this Trita Axe. Now, Trita Axes have gone through a lot of stages uh, in BDO where they're they're really good and necessary to being completely useless for years. And then now we're back in this metagame where um, Trina Axes are really, really good again. Um, do you feel like Trina Axes are in a good spot? Do you like using Trina Axes? Do you feel like they're in a good spot? And for what type of PvP? Tiltus, why don't you take this one first? So yeah, I like Trina Axe metas, and the reason I like Trina Axe metas, I actually like them more now that Spirit of Battle exists in the game, because I feel like having to pull a Trina Axe out and commit to going for the fort damage allows whoever's being attacked some kind of counterplay to losing their fort. Whereas when it was like just monster damage meta or raw AP meta for burning down forts, you don't have to stand right next to the stick where the enemy team is spawning. You can stand pretty far away and do a significant amount of damage to a fort. So I like the concept of I've got to commit to doing this play. I'm going to do this play and I have to watch what's happening around the fort. And if I fuck up, then my entire guild's going to die for it. Um, I think that's health, a healthy way to balance axes. Um, because you'll see a lot of times, like a lot, especially a lot of players that are newer to axing and stuff like that, they'll stay on the st stick for one, one and a half extra seconds, and that player is going back to spawn afterwards. So, um, <laughs> I like true. the Trina Axe meta. Jacob? I, I personally have never used the Trina Axe, but that could largely be due to the fact that I play a class like Shy in Node Wars, where putting out my boss is way more important than taking out my axe. Yeah, you know Don't be I mean? I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Uh, I will say that actually, believe it or not, Shy should still use their Trina Axes sometimes really? because, like, in, okay. a, in an uncapped PvP scenario where you're either trying to get rid of barricades and you don't have any horses, or you're trying to get mm -hmm. rid of, um, I don't know, you're trying to axe down the fort and you, you, or like during siege, yeah, you can buff everyone and then run forward with your axe in an uncapped mm -hmm. siege. If you're a DP meme axing a wall, you're gonna last for a lot longer, and there's probably not very many dedicated DP memes in your guild, but you're right. Shies normally don't need to pull out their Trina Axe. Um, but do you do you like the current metagame? As someone that never uses axes, but you watch it being used, do you like it? Um, I have never been in a Trina Axe meta, to be honest. I think this is the first time I've been in one of the metas for Trina Axes. Uh, whether I like it or not is a different question. Um, I want to say I don't like it because <laughs> it kind of changes like when i want to play a class to defeat somebody i want to play the class instead of it feels like you're playing a different class you're playing like um i don't know this this class with like one or two abilities and i want to play my shy or somebody wants to play their megu you know instead of pulling out their axe so i want to say it takes away from playing the game um or playing your class when you take out your axe you know yeah i mean i completely agree so there's there's two aspects of it. I like the axes in some senses, and then I don't like the axes in others. So um, a little bit about both of what you guys were saying. So like like mm -hmm. Tilt just said, I actually do like the fact that the axes force you to commit um, and you're gonna get wiped. If you take out your axe, you have a much higher chance. It allows the defensive guild to actually use SOB successfully, surprise you with a big spawn or something like that, mm -hmm. uh, and try to recover a little bit. I like that, however, I think that in a tier like tier one, for example, I hate Trina Axes. I think Trina Axes should be disabled in T1s, mainly because T1s are all about the new players. It's their first experience with Node Wars, and it's a lot of the guilds first experience with Node Wars, right? You have a lot of new guilds coming to T1s, and Trina Axes are not forgiving. If you catch a new, and T1 forts are very squishy. 
So like you come up like as an experienced, more experienced shot caller, I come up even with a new guild, even with a bunch of new players in my guild. I'm an experienced shot caller, so I know everybody's got trade access. So we walk up on this on this fort, uh, say enhanced, uh, for example, we had an enhanced in one of our recent node wars, and we walk up on this fort. There's no one there. We stripped the base and then axed it to zero in about under a minute. Sir, I think that that's unacceptable. I think that that's not fair to new players or new guilds. Like there needs to be much more forgiving uh, play there. I think that axes, if you disable axes and T1s, it takes a lot longer to kill a fort. So yes, you could still strip them, but rebuilds are much easier to get up in T1s too. So like there's that. Yeah. I um, mean, do you want to touch on T1s at all in this or do you want to leave Yeah, no, no, hit. Yeah, no, go. Time. Yeah. So I've been seeing a lot of people, a lot of the guilds that are T2 plus want all of the T1 top guilds to get the fuck out of T1s. They've been they they moan about it almost every single day, um, and I oh think boy. here we go. This is yeah. This oh is... yeah, we're opening up. That's why I said, oh, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? <laughs> yeah. We're okay. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no. Go go. Um, I think that the, as of right now, like I run a I run a casual guild, right? We have zero wrecks. We don't have any requirements. You don't have to come to war if you don't want to. Uh, the core will always pretty much always be there. I will pretty much always be there. Um which is fine right we foster in players that have never done no door before and they should get to show up and at least have some fun right and see if it's for them right. um that being said we have no incentive to go off of t1s at all we have huge fights in t1s the the content is capped t1 and intermediates feel relatively great um well, so... why, why don't you feel like you have reason to leave t1s well, for the for the reasons I just listed, and then there's no like epidemic. It's been around for years. It's been around for four or five years as a node war guild. We've gone up into T2s before. We've dabbled with that stuff. We've all been in siege guilds. Uh, like we've bounced all over the place. Normally the core stays together, and we just kind of move around whenever epic epidemics did. Um, and just right now, it's like, we've already done everything in the game. Like, sure, we didn't do it under the Epidemic banner, but I don't see a reason to go off of T1s I think, right I now. Think, yeah, I think that you're you're not giving T2, T3 enough credit here. I think that the developers have actually, there was a lot of bitch, whine, and moaning about the, the new Node War system when it came out. The T2 caps, the T3 caps were extremely controversial, mainly because the loudest people of the community are also the people with most gear, with the most gear and the least amount to do in the game yeah so but i think that overall the t2 t3 the way that the developers have actually structured this in t1s you have like 25 to 30 man node war caps right so like and you're just starting out and the caps are really low like Tuvala, right then t2s you get like 40 to 50 man node war caps and mm. the, the caps are like 600 to 620 somewhere in there and i think that that's great because it helps yeah. the guild progress though like like so the caps are just a little bit higher so you like and as you get more players as you get more attendance your gear score average also climbs and you can naturally move on to t2s so that you can field all of those players so for a guild that's like growing um and like has a lot of attendance i feel like the t2 moving into t2s is much smoother than it has ever been now the t2 caps are admittedly they're a little sketchy but like and then t3 is the same thing there's even higher caps for tier 3 node wars um both in gear and people caps uh and then you start getting into the the bigger fights but i think that yeah i, I think that so i actually I, agree I wanna, with the sentiment that those, on that. those guilds should, should move off quick. go ahead yeah so I said today in Node War Hub, because we we're, ha we're having this exact conversation, um, 
the only problem I have right now, so we now, our alliance now has enough people to where we're overcapping every single night of the week for Node Wars, and there are people that are having to sit out because we don't have enough spots to bring to T1 Node Wars. So it's a real consideration that we've had of moving off of T1s. Is it something that we need to do just because the guild is popular at the moment? And we've got to look at getting everybody, you know, we don't want to hemorrhage members because people aren't getting to come to Node War. Um, the problem is, is that T2 caps are bad. If T2 caps felt like, and okay. this is the general consensus that I've gotten across most PvPers in the game right now, T1 intermediate caps, fantastic. T3 caps, fantastic. What is it? Medium siege caps are fantastic. T2 caps, bad. That's this. It, this is yeah. No, this is I. I agree with this. Like the T2 caps, yeah. I think that if so, you're what you're saying is if they adjusted the T2 caps to feel reasonable, um, that you would be yes. more than comfortable moving oh, up. Absolutely. Johnny already pinned it in the Node War Hub today. I said if they fix T2 caps, I will jump ship out of T1s immediately. I don't even have to think about it. How many other? Uh, you were talking about the Node War Hub. How many other guilds feel this way? Oh God. Um, most of the guilds that feel this way are going to be um like your t2 plus guilds because their fights are really sporadic and they have to almost politic on the off nights to make sure that they're getting fights and stuff like that um whereas t1s is just place a fort down you're guaranteed to fight um that is true but t2s does that too i mean you get fights on t1. yeah you can you can get t2s, fights I mean. so i'm not i'm not saying that but a lot of the guilds that have this mentality of t1 guilds need to move up or t2 plus guilds where the fights are not as numerous as they are in t1 guilds or in t1 fights and then t1 guilds pretty much have the incentive right now uh or the mentality right now of we don't want to move off there's no reason for us to move off so we're just going to stay on t1s so what about tier three though is it just too far of a jump to like I think get it's to too, tier I three think it's too far of a jump so like my guild remember we're casual so the core all has a lot of gear i don't even have a lot of gear the core has a lot of gear um so they're like we can hit t3 caps easy you know it's whatever but that's only 20 or like that's only 20 players in a node war right out of available 40 or 50. so then you're telling me that the other half the war force that i'm bringing is not going to hit caps and that's where the rub comes in um so if t2 caps were less gear but they felt like t1 intermediates or t3s as far as like time to kill um we would 100 percent just probably move because we need the slots like i've got so many people signed up for tomorrow night's war right it's like right that's what we have what to tell you guys like mm -hmm. we're just sol first come first serve mm -hmm. um i feel which that sucks yeah which sucks but i i really think if they just fix t2 caps i think there's a lot of guilds that would willingly move like i i would have to imagine that I won't put words in their mouth. I, Solace would move. I already talked to the leadership about it today, actually, because we were having this exact conversation for most of the day. Um, we would move. Like, we don't have a choice anymore. We, it's move or lose players that can't come to Node War, so. Hmm. Um, Immersible brings up a good point in the chat. Uh, he says, it's hard to get gear to cap uh, T3 and meme accessories and HP stack meta, in my opinion. He's not wrong. So a lot of the yeah. Tier 3, the part of the problem with moving up to like, jumping straight into Tier 3 is you're going to find show. You're gonna find corrupt. Yep. You're gonna find Digi, and they're gonna have. You're running into choice. Choice has like thirteen thousand HP, and this new player is like, I technically made the caps. Um, runs in <laughs> with like four thousand total HP, and is just gonna. Yep. I don't know why I'm not doing any damage. Um, so like that is true. That's definitely true. That's kind of naturally where like the siege guilds kind of move to. The problem is, I think if you fixed 
it's a it's a double-edged sword. If you fix the T2 caps, show corrupted Digi are gonna come down uh, to T2s. But I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world uh, because you could just zerg that you could theoretically just uh, you know zerg them straight off the node because uh, there are enough T1 guilds, T2 guilds on the scene that you could just theoretically push them off. But Jacob, you haven't talked a lot about this, and I know you probably don't do a whole lot of T2, T3. But have you experienced the caps at all? How do you feel about this? Uh, well, you know, as a DP shy, um, my DP feels like it doesn't matter at times um, because of the caps. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much you, all I have to say is I, I kind of I don't know if there's a way for them to fix that or make sure make DP memes more powerful. I was about or, to or ask. On, but, yeah, what's your take um, on how powerful shy is? Do you feel like you have enough HP stacking with whale tendon pots and like all this stuff? Do you feel like you're relevant in like T2, T3 node wars? Or do you feel like you're just, like, this is useless? Like, yeah, I, shouldn't I, even... I do, I do. I, I think the shy buffs are so powerful. Um, Cause you know, if you have your own BSR, if you've absorbed your BSR, that's 20% attack speed and then have another 25% attack speed on top of that, that also lasts as long as your BSR, right? It's 60 seconds. And so uh, I do feel I, I'm making an impact as long as I'm buffing like 10 plus people at a time constantly. And so um, even without the DP, I, I do feel like I'm contributing to the war effort as I, as on, on my shy. Do you, um, uh, this is a question cause Vutara just said it. Um, he runs AP in, in cap PvP. Do you run an AP set too? I, I assume so. Well, I mean, like the DP set probably gives you more HP, but is it worth the trade-off? Do you run AP in like a cap setup uh, or do you run the I, DP? I don't, I, I actually, I just run um high HP um, in cap settings, just like as, as much HP, so like base molar earrings, uh, cadre rings with the blue cups, uh, wow. river necklace with the blue cup, um, centaurus with the, I, I guess the cup doesn't matter since there's no HP um, cup for the centaurus. But right. yeah, I, I, I think when I have everything set up, it's about like 11, 12,000 HP during caps, so. Yeah, and I honestly, as a shot caller, the shy buffs are, like you said, like they're so influential. You don't want like mm -hmm. a lot of shies. Um, but I do feel like that the shy still. Fit. I feel like they've done a decent job. Plus, it gives shies that option. Like you want to run maximum HP, like all that mm. crazy stuff. And then you've got like Wutaro and some of the other shies running AP setups. I know uh, Cass in my guild runs an AP setup sometimes, and an HP and a DP set other times. Uh, I think that that opens up interesting possibilities for shy. Yeah, it's not as viable mm. as maybe it could be. But I think that you could say that for every class in the game. Obviously, it's a little bit more highlighted for shy particularly, but. I think it still has enough usefulness on cap that it's still really, really good. Um, uh, okay. Um, so, um, Tiltus, one of the things that you wanted to bring up is why do players want to play BDO right now? Now Ooh, I have okay. my own yeah. options. I have my own. Do you want to yeah. deep dive into this? Or you yeah, yeah, no, 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 this? you go. You deep you... dive it? Okay. Yeah, 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 deep dive it. Let me see it. So, um, one of the things that I've been thinking about with BDO a lot recently is that I feel like player retention in BDO goes through these massive waves. I feel like BDO has like pretty good highs, but then it has really low lows where things get stale and players don't play the game actively and then they have to wait for something to bring them back. And I think that's a common thread that every MMO will have, except for maybe OSRS, where it's just always 30,000 players online and that's it, right? Um, my problem is that I feel like as the game has progressed and gotten older and older, I'm seeing less and less people join up and say, I'm going to do Node Wars and I'm going to jump into the scene and I'm going to I'm gonna make a guild or I'm going to do this. Um, 
and I think that outside of seasonal and outside of the let me preface all this real quick the first month that I played BDO was one of the most funs I've fun times I've had playing a video game ever I th it was so enjoyable the world was massive there's no fast travel so you have to explore the entire world yourself there's thousands of mobs all over the place I have no idea what what I'm doing um, and so it was really fun to explore the world that being said I feel like now is a weird time for new players to come into the game and I feel like I don't see as many new players coming into the game as I once saw I feel like seasonal is mostly just people leveling up megus or leveling up wusas or that kind of thing um, so I don't feel like there's a ton of Number one, there's I'm gonna say this, and I, I mean no disrespect to either one of you guys. There's not, and I say this as like a oh god, he's about to lay it on I'm, me, bro. I'm about to I'm about to I'm say about something. To get turbo, not, I'm bro. not targeting streamers. I'm not targeting streamers specifically. BDO does not have a lot of content that surrounds BDO. Like World of Warcraft has a I there's the face blue. I know. Like World of Warcraft, it feels like there's a ton of content available for you at any given time. I feel like BDO is relatively limited. And I'm not saying this is like streamers faults or anything like that. It's just like the BDO is a little bit one tracked, right? A lot of it is war stuff or gear stuff with life skill. You'll occasionally find life skillers as well. Um, um, I don't know I, if that makes sense. No, no, like, no. I, I, I see what like you're Final saying. Final Fantasy has massive amounts of content, right? But that's unfair to compare BDO and Final Fantasy in my mind. Okay, but okay. That's a good example of this huge well of content that's available. Whereas BDO, I'm gonna yes counter no you at the same time. Okay, I'm gonna go counter you. Yeah. Okay, all right. So I I am on the other side of the aisle. I think that BDO right now, um, there's a ton of different reasons for new players to get in the game, and there are a ton of players starting to play. Either they're veteran players coming back to the game, or they're brand new players starting for the first time. And my evidence for this is the T1 scene is the first scene to really see a lot of like like a huge influx of players. And then as those players get gear, you see the influx into the T2 scene, those players push forward uh, and so on. But the way to check to see how healthy the game is, is you look at the season servers. Yes, the season like started like a month ago, the novice season server. I understand there's like a fishing event on the, like there's people reminding me, there's a fishing event going on on the season servers right now, so, which could contribute to some of the season servers being crowded. But the novice I, how often do you see a game that's seven years old, eight years old, that has the novice only server is crowded? There's a ton of new players playing the game right now. We don't necessarily get to interact with them as much as veteran players because they're huddled in the they're huddled in the novice server. Like, oh god, I don't want to go on a normal server. They will pound me. You know what I mean? Don't feed them to the so, wolves. But exactly. Yeah. But like a, a guild like Reforged, right, or a guild like Epidemic, we would not be succeeding. Our two guilds are succeeding a lot right now, right? We're getting a ton of recruitment. That does not happen if people aren't playing the game. That doesn't happen if new players aren't coming to the game. A lot of my players. <laughs> a lot of ours is newer. I'm skewed currently. currently. Okay. All right. When but we like first a... started, it was a lot of new players. Now it's a bunch of veterans that we've want got to a mix. T2s, so. we, we've got a mix, but so like we have, I would say like 70 or 80, I would say 70% of the guild is like 650 plus. And then there, the other 30% is like under 500. Right, uh, I, <laughs> so like we yeah. we've got a mix of everything because we accept everyone like you guys do. We're mm -hmm. much. I, I don't want to say the word casual is probably not because we do three node wars a week, but like um, we don't require anything necessarily. We we right. strongly encourage people to come to node wars, but I think that players find BDO fun 
and I think that there's more players playing the game than ever right now, uh, except for when the game just came out. When the game, it's an unfair comparison. When the game just came, yeah. excluding oh, yeah. that you can't compare specifically, yeah, you can't compare excluding that specifically, I feel like right now there's more players playing than there have been in the last five years or so. And in terms of overall content, BDO is very unique in that you can just pick BDO back up and not have to pay like $400 for all of the new expansions and all the new stuff yeah. that's come out. And there is, there's so much more content. So BDO being a sandbox MMO makes it in the minority in the, in the MMO like genre, right? Most right. MMOs are like theme park MMOs that really like to um, like drive their players and tell them exactly what to do. And so the content is very obvious. It's very easy mm. to see content in that regard. BDO is very different. It's a sandbox MMO. So there's content fucking everywhere. Just look around. There's content literally in everything that you do. The problem is if you don't, like if you're a player that needs guidance, yeah, it's gonna feel like it doesn't have any content at all. So for the same reason, um, content creators, you mentioned content creators. I know you didn't want to target us specifically. That's, that's fine, but like, uh, content creators also, you're right. A lot of our content creators do fall short um, in, in the category because again, it's a, I would call that more of a lack of imagination on our end, on, the, on our content creators end, because there's so much content in the game. You just have to be able to innovate it. Like you just yeah. have to be able to play well, with, with it. That. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, like, I did, I did the dungeons for the first time this week and I've never touched the dungeons before in my life. I expected the bare bones minimum and i had a great time playing the dungeons it was so much fun and i was like oh my god I, how have i never done this before this is amazing um so i do think you're right i think there is content there you just have to actually go look for it um yeah i i i don't know uh jaykun how do you feel about it because you're in noto right you mentioned dungeon I, and yes. his ears perked up. I'm not joking. I saw his <laughs> raccoon ears. You said the word. The you said the word when, dungeon. Me too. They were so awesome. I was so shocked at how good they were. When the when the third dungeon first came out, I literally ran it like 20 plus times with 20 different groups because I yeah. just wanted to get all my friends to love it as well. And they do because I I think the the mechanics they have is very uh, unique, right? There's mm -hmm. no other type of gameplay like that. Um, I do I do think in terms of like difficulty the first dungeon is obviously the easiest and then mm. the second dungeon and the third dungeon i think the difficulty was uh, a lot more so the second dungeon was more mechanic focused i want to mm. say whereas the third dungeon was a lot more gear focused and not as okay, intricate yeah. in mechanics because in the second dungeon if you fail in mechanic you just explode <laughs> oh, i loved the um, second dungeon i haven't seen the final yeah. boss yet i grinded it for like two hours and we couldn't clear it it was one guy yeah. that had done it and four people that have never done it before <laughs> so it was a great time oh, no. dude i was having a blast no. Doing it. I was like, yeah, this is I, so much fun. So, when I first did the second dungeon, um, I actually failed it twice. If you didn't know, there's a two there's a two hour time limit inside the last room, and if you if you mm. don't complete it, you just get booted out and you have to retry yeah. again. It took us it took my group three times to finally figure out because we weren't really looking at like guides and whatnot. We were trying to mm. figure it out ourselves, and then um, and so the difficulty just felt so much more harder back then because i think it back in 2020 it was released 2020 october i believe and back then i was only like 640 gear score um i say 640 <laughs> that's gonna <laughs> this guy but, just flexed yeah, on like 90 yeah, percent yeah. of the chat i was only like, 640 like gear score four years ago or whatever. <laughs> like what the hell <laughs> but yeah I, I i do hope that bdo takes um, and I, I do think it, it is going more towards a end game PVE um, game. Um, 
even more so than node wars to be honest like you guys have been talking a lot about node wars and such and mm -hmm. for me my i don't really do t too much node wars even though i'm in nodo um mm -hmm. but i think in terms of game growth and like you know for to keep player retention i i do think um this is a based based and biased answer because i love pve content and so mm -hmm. i do think that Per developing more dungeons and PVE content for a group PVE content, especially, especially like Olin's yes. Valley. For me, I I've been yes. in I've been in Olin's Valley for like, let's say I, I want to say yeah, almost two thousand hours. I have, yeah. <laughs> I have like two merchant ring pieces from Olin's, and I could technically make a second merchant ring because I'm oh, three okay, out of five buddy. for my next. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> Yo, you, no, right. I'm not trying to Blue's, flex Blue's on purpose. I'm just trying to make a point. Right uh, but <laughs> yeah, I but, think uh, uh, I think yeah, any content. That doesn't involve running in circles is really really mm -hmm. good for bdo and that's why i loved 100%. the dungeons so much i yeah. loved them like i literally mm -hmm. was so excited when we got to that second dungeon i was having a blast um yeah and i think uh, that's really good i would honestly like to see bdo's content shift from pvp to pve especially on the content creation side okay so yeah i want to touch on that so like i feel like over yeah, the years when the game came out in in the west uh we are the west technically um so Correct. when the game yes. came out in the in the West, um, the all of the late game content in the game, like Jay Kun said, was all PvP. It was mm -hmm. all PvP. And then it, like somewhere along the line, the developers were like, "Oh my God, they all hate each other." Um, like I, <laughs> I'm not joking. And they were like, "We're losing so many players because all of our late game content is PvP, and there's so few people in the MMO community. Believe it or not, we're in the minority." Of players yeah. if you like pvp in the mmo community very yeah. minority but we're very loud um yeah player base so like i think that they cater to them early on and then it's been nothing but regret since that like the red yeah. players they're just like can we punish them and how we're not going to remove this system but we are going to make you regret <laughs> make being miserable. a red player right like yeah so but i think it's good though because over the years we've seen We've gone from like Saucens and, and like Gahas, where you're just going, killing packs, I... one-shotting a bunch of packs, to like Turos. And then you had party mechanics like um, Olens. And then you had, and then they evolved to even further. So like, and now you've got the dungeon, which um, I'm, I'm not positive, but I think that what they did was they went to Destiny 2 and they said, what is Destiny 2 doing yes. right with that its That is raid? exactly what I said. That is exactly well, almost word for word And what I, I know said. this, and I can disclose this now because I didn't actually get hired. I applied for PA way back in the day, uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and in my interview, they were just working on the dungeon. The first dungeon had not come out yet um, at the time. And in my second interview, I was so thankful that I was an avid Destiny 2 player uh, during Forsaken and all those, the, the good expansions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he, he literally asked me point blank. He, he said, how, if, if BDO wanted to go after, like, if we wanted to mimic destiny Two, what destiny two is doing, right. What would we do differently? And I was like, so you're talking about the raid because there's no reason to play destiny two other than the raid. So I know that the developers were definitely looking at destiny two as a model for their dungeon and the first dungeon, I felt like it did a good job. Um, but it just it wasn't challenging enough like yeah oh, it made correct. you work together yeah. but it just wasn't challenging enough and then the second dungeon was like okay this is a little rough like maybe so this was surprise. just a little too rough right and then the <laughs> yeah. third dungeon i feel like their third take on it and they've really started to like perfect that but i think that what it shows over time is they're transitioning away yes we have this pvp late game content but we're starting to be able to tell players that i have tons of players come into my chat and they're like 
up blue what end game content is there in bdo and i can tell them now hey we've got the dungeon you've got late game grind spots where you can grind with your uh with your friends and it's not a safe grind you're constantly clenching your cheeks uh the whole time and you're laughing and you're having a good time while you grind together and watch jake and get one shot by an owen um like it's <laughs> it's it's fun right like that kind of content and the bdo i mean like the mmo community loves pve content we love oh, yeah. raids we love oh, dungeons look at and, final fantasy look right. at final yeah. fantasy right uh -huh. like, like the I, pvp in that game is non-existent that game is almost entirely pve focused and it does fantastically um world of warcraft is more way more heavily pve focused as well um but yeah, I'm so glad you made that Destiny comparison because I felt that in my bones. That's how I described it to everybody. I was like, you take a, a great weekly job. nightfall yeah. and you take a raid and you smack them together and that's exactly what the, the dungeons feel like in this game. That's exactly um, what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, um, we're going to we're gonna try and springboard this in a little bit uh, of a different... It, it's kind of a pivot. Uh, one of your other notes here that you kind of wanted to talk about is you said, stop making classes and focus on expansions oh, and balance. Yes. I want yes. you to expand on this. Stop making classes and focus on expansions and balance. That's your yes. opinion. Let's see what you say. You, you explain it first. Yeah, so this is the, exactly the problem that League of Legends currently has in the game. There is too much happening character-wise inside the game for balance to be easy. We've, we see it with Megu, right? They released Wusa Megu. They released two classes at the same time, and they were like, oh, crap, Wusa released underperformed, and Megu released, and it's overperforming everything that we thought was going to happen, right? So what I would really like for them to do, and it's Riot's same idea that they're having this year as well, is stop developing new classes for the game for, like, a year. Focus on balancing everything else in the game that exists right now and put all of your effort into expansions making more dungeons making more pve content making more group content revamping systems that are already in the game which they're already doing to my to to credit to them where credit is due they're they're revamping trade right now they're they're revamping the horse gear equipment they're adding these little quirky passives to classes and stuff like that and i i appreciate all that because that's important to me but i would like to see them put classes on the maybe not stop developing them but put them on the back burner and develop one for the rest of the year and focus on everything else in your game that's going right and make it better and the things that are going wrong fix them that okay. would that i would like to see like a year of that i think that would be really good for the game i i think jaycoon you should go next because i feel very I, this is good this is a good talking point jaycoon you go oh, next because no. i'm gonna i'm gonna go in on that this is good <laughs> it's gonna be good jaycoon what's your thoughts on this um should we get rid of like should they stop making classes for a while and focus on other content in the game so okay i do like when new classes releases it makes me really hyped about the game and to try out new classes and you know i, I i've been playing an awakening witch if you guys don't know my, my main was an awakening witch for like five years don't fool us and you're a shy I've... main now <laughs> don't don't lie don't lie to the people don't lie to the people he's forsaken us 
Anyway, go ahead. I was I was waiting for an, a new class that really fit the aesthetic that I was looking for. Nova was one of those classes that really piqued my interest. But when I tried out the gameplay, I was like, womp womp. I didn't. I hated the gameplay. But <laughs> Wilson yeah. was the first one in in five years that I was like waiting. I was waiting for that class and it, it, you know the whole aesthetic with Wilson and whatnot. So I, I'm really thankful that they were able to create a class like that. But I I, I do agree with you to some extent that if they could focus on uh, creating new content such as you know more dungeons like i love the dungeon content mm -hmm. if you didn't know ataraxian came out in um the beginning or the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 i believe or something like that and then the next dungeon came out like a year later and now we got the third dungeon two years later pretty much in 2023 and so the you know the dungeon content is there but it's it's getting pumped out slowly so i if they could allocate more resources to create more group content and hopefully the localization of the new region land of morning light doesn't take um you know uh, i think odalita took like eight eight months before oh, we got it oh god yeah we don't um, talk about it yeah <laughs> right i mean for 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 console it took like two two years <laughs> I really I really hope that the, the new region that we get um doesn't take um eight months or if my, if my memory serves me correctly Mountains of Eternal Winter came out April of 2022 that sounds about so right that was like four four or five months after Korea got it in December of 2021 and so yeah i'm hoping that the localization goes faster and if if they have to stop allocating resources to creating new classes to do that i would you know lean more towards that than new classes so okay all right so i all right this is gonna be a ride all right I, so i hard disagree with saying no to making classes so i think that there's a couple of fundamental things that i i want to i want to get you to understand first the first thing is how why we keep creating new classes the reason that league of legends because you brought up riot the reason why league of legends keeps making new champions the reason that people play league of legends is not because the game is balanced or because they enjoy the gameplay no we all fucking hate that game the reason that we play <laughs> league of legends is because we found a champion that we connect with that we really like for me it's evelyn queen um like i love evelyn like i just fell You're in love evelyn with the main? whole oh yes but the whole that thematic right with the whole thematic of the class in bdo do we have like 25 26 classes now absolutely but here's the thing that keeps people from playing bdo it's new players not so you come into the game and we see this with with a lot of like veteran players even they're just chronic re-rollers they can't find a class that they really just they play and they're like they just fall in love with it and they would just never stop playing the game if they just found a class that they absolutely loved and so what the developers are doing is they keep introducing classes because that gives more of a broad scope to new players playing the game they can they can pick a class and feel like this is this is mine like this is i feel personally attached to my class so when they see it in a tournament they're like let's go maywa you know what i mean like they're really excited about seeing their class played and and like getting online and playing their class so constantly adding classes adds new players to the game that otherwise would not be playing just because they finally found that alma mater class that they can play and they just absolutely fall in love with so that's the point on the classes now we're going to talk about you're like okay well they should take that time they should focus on how balance work works two things wrong with that first thing 
um, the balance team is very different, I think, than the um, than the class development is, team. But right. they should hire more people. Agreed. Uh, they got like six people in a room trying to decide the whole like the future of the whole <laughs> game. Um, but like that set aside, balance is not this. We're not trying to balance the game. You misunderstand. Let's look at Riot for example. Riot's balance idea is perfect. They really nail it. You should think of balance like a snow globe. So. At the start of the season, in the preseason for Riot, they shake it up. They make some really radical changes that they know some of them are going to be super overtuned, super imbalanced, but it gets everybody really excited about playing the game. Like, oh my God, this is going to be busted. Or, oh wow, this is new. It it really shakes up the balance for a while, right? And mm -hmm. the snow globe is kind of a mess. And then as the as the season goes on, as like season nine or season 11, I forget what season, we're like season 14 or some 14. shit now. Yeah. yeah, season 14 goes on across the year. You'll see the balance start to like, like settle down a little mm -hmm. bit as they make nerfs and hot fixes, the dust will begin to settle. And then by the time you get to Worlds, you get a very crisp, clear picture of what the meta actually look like and, and, and like what is actually good in this current meta game, right? Yeah. And, then, and then we go back to the and we see the best of the best. That's when they hit you with worlds, right? That's when they want to hit you with the best of the best players and show you like get you really excited about the game. And then what do they do right after worlds when all these players are back playing their game again because they just saw it on the world stage and they're super excited about playing their champion? They shake it all up again. They shake the whole balance thing up again, and that gets a huge influx of players once again. So balance is not this thing. We're not striving for perfection, Tiltus. Yeah, sure. We are striving yeah, I could agree. I could for imperfection. Agree with that. Now, that being said, the caveat in that is that when Riot releases something that is broken, i.e. Megu, it gets handled yeah. relatively quickly. Yeah. Well, I'm saying oh, like if I, yeah, Riot okay. were to release Megu into the into the game right now, it would be fixed relatively quickly. And that's my only problem with that theory for uh, BDO. And I'm fine with that theory. I mentioned it earlier. I think Node Wars should have some kind of season progression, right? It's six months. Give us a season ladder board. Put the highest guild that wins the most nodes at the top. Do all that. You have the guild system in the game already that exists that like is basically useless unless you're looking up contact information for somebody. Like this guild ranking, give me something to do with that. That would be a super cool feature to have in the game and make it to where That's you true. have a meta for the season. I'd be totally down for that. Um, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta fix You gotta actually change stuff. Than that. Yeah, yes, exactly. That is yeah. a fair, I think that is definitely a fair criticism. I like you touched on earlier in the podcast. There's like this thing where like, they're like, yes, we're listening to your feedback, but only for the next 14 days and then the offer expires. Yep. Like it's it's like really weird. Like they I feel like they're really listening to us for targeted amounts of time, but then once they've moved off it, we're not gonna hear anything again for the next three hundred and sixty five yep. days. Um and that's rough. You can't do that. Which is why I said I think they need to hire more people. Um, like I feel like the CMs currently do a great job of giving feedback to the developers because I know because I met them oh, and I talked about yeah. this whole process. Um but the problem is the developers are like, Oh yes, we we heard your feedback. You know, and they just throw yeah. it out there. Like, okay, <laughs> it's received. You know, like, I, I mean, they just don't care. So, like, I, I feel like they need to do a better job of listening over time. Like, not just like listening up front. You gotta mm -hmm. listen and balance in steps over time. And then, like you said, you're absolutely right. They should do like guild seasons, where like one guild will, we'll call it Show Nation, just as an example, dominates the meta for one season, um, and then. The next season on, on t4 specifically right because you could only let's say you could only win one tier of node or, or whatever like and your your guild won the most nodes and so therefore your guild is 
considered the strongest and you get a bunch of passive buffs or something. I don't know, something cool like that um, that would make it like a competition between the guilds. Like you said, they have this guild ranking system. It's been outdated for years. It's currently rated by points. Um, like it's, yeah. it's do you like- know how you, Do you know how you get points in this game? Guild missions. For, yeah. It's literally just how many guild missions does your guild do, basically. <laughs> is all it is. Right. Um, there's a final battle system in here. I The only person on the first page that has a final battle ranking is BDO Navy. What is What even is that? I've, I've never done a final battle. I have what absolutely is, no idea what it is. Does anyone know what a final it's battle is? It's some kind of GVG system mechanic that they put in the game that they forgot wait, about. Where is this final you, battle? Oh. Yeah, go to your uh, hit. Oh, wait, G no. Admiralty. A lot of guilds have final battle. They have 1,500. Yeah, somehow. I think that it's uh, one or two wins against uh, another guild but see, like, or something like that. It's basically well, like a GVG. It's like it's supposed to end GVGs was kind of the idea behind it, I think. You can you can bet money from your guild funds that your guild will win this final I... battle situation. So. Okay, quick question. Um, yeah, go for it. Can I bet on my guild losing? Because I, I, I doubled down on that shit. <laughs> I doubled down on that shit, bro. I'm going into Cho. I'm, I'm going in. Like, uh, yeah. Definitely. I'm voting on win, guys. Don't worry about it. It's just like yeah. my chat when I'm we're enhancing. Just, we're just win trading. We're just win trading. Don't worry about right. it. Right. So like, but you're right. That's like a super outdated system. And I didn't even mm -hmm. think about that. Like they've updated the UI so many. I mean, look how cool our UI looks. Um, It's way better than when we started the game. But this guild rankings thing, this is a relic. This is oh, old. Yeah. Bro, like, you know no one uses this. Is, like, is for contact information when I'm in the middle of a node war and I'm like, fuck, I need to get in touch right, with this guild. Who right. is this guild? Who's the GM? I think it That's would the be only cool. Time I use it. Yeah, I think it would be cool to kind of pit the guilds against each other and not just the PvP guilds either. Imagine having like life skilling seasons. I'm I know this is a crazy idea. <laughs> but like guilds could compete for like different life skilling. Like so the uh, the guild that did the most life skilling did the most horse training. Could like you know, like win something for horse training that would help buff their guild for horse training. And then they could advertise as like the best horse training guild on the server. That would be really cool because this is something that you could apply for both PvP guilds and PvE guilds because there's a lot of different types of guilds in BDO. There's a lot of different ways to rank them. Um, so I think that there's a lot they could actually do with that. I would love to see that get passed along. <clears throat> Delphi, um, to, the de to the developers. <laughs> yeah, sorry, call them out. Call them out. Call them out. Um... But okay, all right. So let's let's move let's let's move to the next one. That was an excellent that was an excellent uh, talking point, Tiltus. You're gaming. Um, let's look at overwhelming at the beginning of the game. Okay, do you think that the game is too overwhelming, or do you honestly? When we started the game, I feel like these kids have it easy. But like also, Brood. you're right. People do quit the game because they're just like honestly, you spawn in and the UI is something out of like. It's like you opened uh, the best yeah, comparison I can make the, is porn. I'm driving the like Enterprise you, is you, what happens when you pull open BDO's UI for the first it's time. Like, I hate to say it this way. It's like watching porn without ad blockers. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's brutal. You spawn it. Is, am I wrong? It's absolutely brutal. You spawn in and there's just shit everywhere, bro. Like, there's just, you can't even see your screen. Like, can we just do away with some of this stuff? And then people can just turn it on if they want to. Right, yeah. like, like, let people choose whether or not they can turn that on. The UI is like my biggest thing. Yeah. What overwhelming well, things were you talking about? So I remember when we first, when we first all started. I, I'm assuming you guys are all six and seven year old players at this point. Yeah. Um, you like you get assaulted with workers. You get assaulted with the Black Spirit, which is has quests that are separate from the main quest that you're doing that requires you to run around and talk to NPCs. You have. Um, 
the horse, the whole horse systems in the game, the horse's stables in the game. The storage is not a confined storage. It's storage based on one town compared to the next town over, compared to the next town over. Then you have the central market storage. Then you have foods. Then you have a player homes. Like all this stuff just gets thrown at you very quickly into the game. And they've streamlined it a lot. I will give them that. Like trying, like when I when new players show up and, or my friends want to try out BDO, I'm like, hey, go make a seasonal character and literally open the season pass and just do everything it says on that checklist all the way down, and, and that will get you started into the game. But I do think there is, especially with like you've got like the daily specials, you've got your Y tab, you've got your daily mail, you've got the Black Spirit safe, you got the, the Black Spirit adventure, like. If you have no idea what you're doing and you haven't played like uh, MMO or anything like that, you just get assaulted with the information right off the rip. And it's like, what just happened? Like I, the very first time I played BDR, I played it for um, three days, if even that. And I put it down. I didn't touch it again for six months. And then six months, that's when I picked it up again for the first time. And I was like, this is the best game I've ever played in my entire life. But dude, the first time I picked the game up, I was like what is happening like there's too much going on for me um i don't know if you guys have a similar experience or if you picked it up and you were like this is my game i'm done i found it this is my calling yeah jake what do you think um i've been playing mmos for a long time and so i it was like easy for me to pick up and i imagine for people who get into bdo um they've probably uh, played an mmo before maybe like world of warcraft i know yep. i played world of warcraft for about a year i was a runescape expansion you were in a runescape i've actually never that, played RuneScape. the ui of runescape is the most thing it. on the planet i've played all these mmo i've actually never played the one mmo that you mentioned never... that was a, <laughs> the most popular mmo that's ever been well that the thing with osrs is it's minimal there, there is very little mm -hmm. happening on the screen. The UI is very simplistic. You don't get assaulted with a bunch of information at the beginning of the game. It's very mm -hmm. like, okay, here you go. You're in a sandbox, just like BDO <laughs> is, but it's very simple. Whereas BDO, like I, I went from like RuneScape to like Destiny to League of Legends and then to BDO. And so I was just like, what is happening in this game? I've been obliterated <laughs> with so much information. Yeah, so. I do agree um, when new players come in, uh, even me, I, w I felt like, really, really daunted mm -hmm. by the amount of information that was presented to me. Uh, but I personally like picked up like really fast. I don't yeah. know if anybody else in chat had the same experience or was it was a much a different experience for them. But for me, I picked up pretty fast. I'm, I'm very used to MMOs. Like I said, I used to play World of Warcraft. Um, and in, I don't know if you've ever seen World of Warcraft streams, but the, literally yeah. you can only see 20% of your screen. The rest <laughs> is like UI elements. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like there's so many people saying things in chat. Like one of the things that I want to touch on is like the, the amount of shit that they give you for your, the amount of useless fucking shit yeah. that they give you for your inventory and the new players are always like what do i do with all these things and you're like this is all garbage except for that one thing <laughs> except for that thing don't yep. don't throw that away right like and they don't know exact experience with my really good friend was like all right i'm gonna try video again and i was like all right dude like here's what you got to do and he literally like listed off all the items in his inventory while we were sitting in discord one day and i was like yeah throw all that in the garbage except for those and he was like okay yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you hear horror stories of new players all the time. Like, there was, I, I'll never forget this one Reddit post where this kid literally goes, finally, finally finished the, the, uh, <laughs> the infinite plot oh. piece. 
and he's got he's got 200 pity pieces in his inventory and three oh, of no. the and three of like the mark the mark the non's glands and we're like oh my god nobody told him <laughs> oh no like this man granted he thought he needed 300 pity pieces from one spot like he had no idea and this no one in his guild they all laughed at him he said he said i quit the guy i never picked it up again like it's fair Honestly, i would fair. i, I would too, too. If, if, somebody, if i had been in uh Shere Khan or whatever for that long and the trenches taking grenades with the rest of the people that are there <laughs> uh, you guys remember writing Shere Khan, everybody fucking hates each other because everybody fucking hates um being there like nobody wants mm -hmm. to be there um <laughs> and so everybody just immediately flags on each other Tashira, the only redeeming quality of Tashira ruins really is Every time you actually see someone, you can yell, what are you doing in my swamp? Like something out of Shrek. Um, and then like Blood Wolves is also a nightmare, but you get so much shit and you have no idea what is actually good and what is actually bad. Granted, mm -hmm. it does say it on the item if you mouse over it, but like the game does not train mm -hmm. you to mouse over stuff and figure stuff out, right? Like the NPC locator, like for quest side, I do this all the time. I'm like, all right, um, it, it, like I'll right click an item and I'll be like, Am I supposed to go somewhere for this? And it'll say NPC locator. You just click on it and you just hit T. Um, most players don't even know to do stuff like that. Dude, um, I, got, I got you one better. I had a guy in my guild the other day, a very experienced player that has played for a long time, didn't know that you could search for items. He found that out like a month ago. In fairness. <laughs> that is a recent thing, right? That is it pretty is a recent. recent thing. Thing. Yeah. But also, God, like, dude. He just didn't know because the game doesn't really explain that like, hey, there's this new feature. You could look for items in any of your inventories. If you click the magnifying glass at the storage or bring up the menu in your UI. I mean, yeah, and you're so, not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I got I wrong. know I have another player that I've played with for he was in the first guild I was in before Epidemic even existed. Um, and he didn't know until three months ago that you could change the speed of your pets. He's had his pets what? on yellow for six years. He goes, I just thought I was bad at grinding. Hey, we He's all like, have I those. Had no idea. We, we, we all have those. We all have those stories. When I started the game, I didn't know how residences were. I can't believe I'm sharing this story. I didn't know how residences <laughs> work. I thought that you could like, theoretically, if you bought all the residences in a town that no one else could have a residence in that town. So I sat <laughs> for like four months. I was the king of Heidel. Every single fucking house in Heidel, I had bought and had a residence in so that no other player on the server could have a residence until, until I'm not joking. We were sitting in Discord one time and somebody's like, yeah, I have a residence in Heidel. And I, <laughs> yeah, what? I was like, what do you mean you have a residence? He's like, yeah, I bought the, I have Heidel 1-1. I was like, Oh, okay. And I didn't even, I didn't even explain it because I was so embarrassed. I just immediately <laughs> uninvested all my contribution like, and moved happened, on. Like happened, nothing happened. happened. <laughs> like nothing happened. But like everybody has those moments where like, yeah, the game didn't explain anything to you. But also those are some of my favorite moments about the game. Oh, so yeah. like, I feel like there's a delicate balance between trying to baby the new players. I say baby, but like, yeah. Get them you into wanna, the game. You want to handhold them to some degree because they, yes. they got to get into the game at some point. So it's like, right. here, let me lead you along a little bit. I just, but also, you don't want to mislead the them. Right? The new like, player experience is way better than it, it now than it was six years ago. Mm -hmm. But it, I think it's still a little overwhelming, in my opinion. I think yeah. seasonal servers should just turn off most of the alerts that pop up. And it's I just like, that, yeah. hey, hey, here's the game. Follow this season pass right here all the way down to the bottom. 
and you'll understand the game to some degree and then then you can go explore the world but like when you first load into BDO and it's just literally alert, 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 that's alert, that's alert, that's alert, alert, too, right? and then you turn it off and then it goes on for another five minutes because it has all of them queued up for the next five minutes. <laughs> oh god! Like, I remember Christ. that seven years ago when I turned it off. Like, yeah. Oh my god, bro! Like, it's just miserable. Um, I and that's such an easy fix, right? Just turn off all these UI elements and allow people to turn them on if they want to. Um, yeah. which no one does, but like that's fine. Um. But like that the ui is a big thing i think another thing that goes into new players is like we talked about before classes they need to be able to find a class i don't think that the game actually puts enough emphasis on like, bro like right out the gate you just start and they're like all right what class do you want to play it's literally the most important choice in the entire game <laughs> and they're yes. like yeah what what class do you want to play and you're like scrolling through them all and it just doesn't do a great job so that's why i'm working on a class guide to help teach new players but like even i'm i'm starting to dive into it, i'm like oh my god this is so much stuff it's, that's it's, something I'm doing like, too. Like I'm trying to learn. Like one of my new things is I'm gonna sit down and try to learn, not be good, but learn every class in the game. Because there's a lot. There's some classes I've just literally never played bold. before. That's bold. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, I'm gonna start with like whatever's better in PvP, like Sucker Awaken, and then break it down from there. But it's something I've never done before, and there are classes in the game I've never touched before. So like I had a vendetta against gauntlet classes because I played DK for so long that I would swear I'd never touch a gauntlet class. <laughs> so like that's on the list. Oh I have to learn God. how to play gauntlet classes. You too? But, like I <laughs> played but, DK um, for three and a half years. Yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking it's the about. Same you, thing. You, you see a gauntlet class and you're like, okay, dude, I felt I'll just so leave. Dirty. my bad. <laughs> I started playing Mystic and I was like, I'm filthy right now. I need to shower. <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. Like, <laughs> but it should but, feel yeah, that you're, way. You're 100 right. I think something that would probably be good, and this is this is this will be an interesting take. I think I think something that might be good, and it might already exist. I just haven't done it in so long. When you finish like through like let's say Calfion main quest. They should give you a combat XP transfer coupon for the first time you finish it. And it's like, hey, if you got this far and you really hate your class, here's a one-time coupon you can use and you it's can go try idea. a different class. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. a lot idea. of games do that. I mean, they give you a skill coupon when you get your awakening, right? Because they're like, oh, crap, you just specced into all this stuff. And now you might not need it anymore. But but here's the thing. They already do do this. There's two. There's do two. They they have Tuvala reroll coupons, I think, um, and right. they have yeah, the timepiece. The, the, the time and they piece, have the timepiece, right? Time piece, yeah. right? The timepiece, like, yes, you're you're 100 correct. And yeah. maybe that, maybe because I'm a veteran player and I know what all the classes do to some extent, that I don't, I see that as something. But like that probably should be some kind of focus as well. I don't think. Do you have to finish the seasonal to get the timepiece? Uh, no, no, you could just walk up to Fugar and be like, I would like to roll over now. Okay, then... okay, is that how it works? Okay, yeah. so that's that's good. Okay, if that's the case, then I backtracked that previous statement about that. But yeah, I didn't actually know that you could get it. I don't do seasonal often at all. I, I hate the new player experience. I hate running through the... I love the new player experience. Oh, God. <laughs> I think dude. it's way better. I think that, oh, questing. It's way better now. You're 100% right. But I, I'm scarred, dude. Do you have any idea how many characters I ran through the Calfion quest in the last six years? I'm hitting R just thinking about it. Like, I, I know, like, bro, dude, I went through so many characters. I, I must have made, and this is my, this is not my original account that I'm playing. This is my second account that I made from scratch. And, dude, like, going through the main story all over again like on so many different i must have made 30 different characters and i've ran most of them through the msq so i've pressed the r key a lot in this game what what's, what's your total quest count yeah, no kidding on this oh, account on this account it's not very good 
oh, okay. on this account it's not very good because i did so i mm. i was decided a few years ago i was just gonna start over from scratch because i was like mm. i don't want to i don't want to play on this account anymore this account has way better rng so i'm super glad i did it okay but okay. that's uh, how rng yeah. works 100 percent uh, dude, I'm telling you, I got my tinfoil hat on for that one. I'll die on that molehill. I will die on that molehill. You think quests have like a <laughs> like a set amount of luck or something? No, no. I think I think your account right. creation still has a set amount of luck, and I will die on oh, that molehill. Yeah. I will die on it, Blue. You can look at me like that's that a, all you want. It's an interesting. It's a hot take. It's a hot take. It's one of them. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I think that um, questing, though, over the years, if we're gonna touch on it. I think that when we were new players, questing was like the worst experience. I've never, I'm like the anti-quester. That's what I call myself. It's like the anti-Christ <laughs> except it's questing. Yes, I sir. hate questing. And the reason is they made it such a terrible experience when the game yeah. started. But I think that lately they've started to understand, oh my God, we can make this fun. Why didn't we think about yeah. this sooner? Like voice acting. Yeah. Massive yes, improvement. Dude, that was my favorite Massive part when improvement. I ran through uh, Mountain of Eternal Winter. Was the little mm -hmm. fox dude's voice the whole time. I was like, yes. Lando. I was like, this. I want <laughs> to listen to this Thank God for Lando, guy, bro. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and if that had been my experience from the start of the game, who knows? I might not literally loathe questing at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, but I think that they've done a much better job with questing in very mm -hmm. recent past because they've made it much more engaging. Like, mm -hmm. like they. I feel like they honestly the funny thing is the thing that broke the straw that broke the camel's back is when they're like they're like asking their BDO partners on like guest shows or whatever like lore questions about the game that are very clearly in the main story and none of us have any idea <laughs> because we just hard straight through <laughs> the main storyline they're like, like you're like look i'm an arse you need to look no at our content <laughs> we spent a lot of time on it you will like it um it's like the, the biggest sentiment like I don't think the overarching story for BDO is that bad because I have a loose understanding of what happens in the game. I don't think it's that bad. I think the way it's presented is just less than ideal, to put it nicely. Yeah, I just like I feel like it's much more engaging now. And as a new player, I would just sit there. I would I love listening to stuff. I hated mm -hmm. reading when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Most of the new generation, as a teacher, yeah, they hate they hate reading. Um, I I'll listen to audiobooks all day though. I'll listen to somebody talk yeah. to me. That's why I like podcasts and stuff too. Um, all day, which is why voice acting is such an important aspect, I think, of a game. And I'm glad that they finally picked that up. Also, making engaging quest lines. I know I'm going to bring up Nam. So everyone brace yourself for the flashback. The, Ma <laughs> the, the Magnus quest line was like, actually I, I hot loved take. Really good quest line. I loved it. Yeah, hot I loved take. it. I actually played the whole thing. Yeah. Like, like I didn't skip. I just sat there and enjoyed Magnus for what it was worth. Until about like, until about like the five hour mark and then i was like okay i'm i'm ready for my pen piece now let's let's speed this up a little bit but um yeah i thought magnus was really good yeah i mean i got um i mean i absolutely loved it i mean i bitch whined and moaned the whole way through it but i absolutely loved it um yeah. like and i think that if they did more engaging quests like that that made you think and it's not just mm -hmm. it doesn't just make you frustrated that you can't go to the next quest right now in like the, the some of the a lot of the quests in the game I just get really annoyed when I can't just hit T and then just run to the next NPC. And that's because I just hate questing that much. Um, mm -hmm. But the Magnus quest line mm -hmm. actually made me stop. And instead of trying to run to the next NPC, I was like, okay, so how am I going to do this one? And that is like mm -hmm. what you want to try to capture with questing. So I think they're getting there. They're definitely moving in the right direction uh, with that at least. And then I think for classes, one point I didn't get to touch on before is that when we started this game, classes were much more difficult to pick up for like a hundred different reasons. But oh, I'm yeah. just going to talk about skill. Like um, I call it the skill floor. In other words, the yeah. barrier to entry on a class mm -hmm. um, back then, like for Valkyrie a long time ago. Nowadays, it's a lot easier. But like 
But when we started, Valkyrie's God. barrier to entry was incredibly high. So was Sorks. So was <laughs> like even Staff. Like everyone's barrier to entry yeah. was was incredibly high. It was a but fighting. When, it was a fighting game, basically. Right. Is what you were doing. But with the new classes, you got like Megu and Wusa. You like Wusa. I'm gonna use Wusa. Megu is a oh man, people get mad about that. But I'm gonna use Wusa <laughs> as a good example. Wusa's skill floor is really low, so like a new player could pick up and play Wusa and have a good time with it and do mm -hmm. competently well with the class. But as they explore and progress on the class, I think the developers really nailed that class because it, the skill ceiling is really high. Yeah. So like they've mastered this ability to like have a low enough skill floor that, that new players can pick it up and enjoy it, but have a good skill ceiling so it's got enough depth that they can play it for thousands of hours and not get tired of it. I think that's probably why yeah. Jaycoon, you can talk it's on it a little bit, but I... like Jaycoon loves playing Musa. Yeah, I mean, when I started with Wusa, um, so, I, you know, as I mentioned, I, I played an Awakening Witch for a, a long time, and uh, most people will know that Awakening Witch does not have the most, you know, um, extensive key inputs. It's not, not too much, hey. not too key intensive. Hey. <laughs> and then when I, when, I, when I went over to Wusa, I personally felt it was like high APM for me. Uh, but um, especially when, when you started going to Olin's Valley and you start playing with Shies and you you start running out of cooldowns, you got to start making up combos. And, and it just felt mm -hmm. really, I, I felt really powerful knowing yeah. what I can go, like when I started improvising combos, because you can't have your combos because um, you run out of cooldowns with the Shy, shy buffs, right? You, you, you cast your spells way too fast, especially when you have BSR and Shy buffs because that stacks. For, also, for some reason, Wusa doesn't have her own... Uh, attack speed buff um, is that common really? for a lot of classes no that's... yeah wusa does not have her own attack speed buff it's only bsr is where you get attack speed from and so when you have both at bsr and the the shy bus you just go so fast your your apm like literally triples yeah and so you know, it was probably um, designed I, I would like to think that it was designed with that in mind so that's why it feels so really? mm. weird when you suddenly have attack speed buffs and you're like oh my yeah. god i just burned through all my skills it was probably designed yeah. with the, uh, <laughs> no attack speed steroids, and so it played normal, and then you get attack speed steroids. Mm -hmm. and you're like, what is happening? Right. Um, well, I think, uh, I think Jacob's right. I think it, it rewards players for actually understanding their class. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to touch on Striker a little bit here, because it's like the exact opposite. It's like, first me grab, then me kill, and they do the same <laughs> fucking combo every Lead time, drop. because Lead that's drop. the best. Yeah, and ironically... It's the martial artist class. It's supposed to be this like big combo oriented. Like you can mix and match and like punch and kick and do all this crazy shit. And it's really just like, I use the same three fucking buttons every time they hit the ground. Um, and that's frustrating. But like with the newer classes, I feel like they've really started to pick that up and they're trying to fix it with the older uh, classes as well. Um, but like slowly, I, yeah, slowly slow with the old classes. Yeah, one, one, I would like one, to see them streamline that a little bit. To be honest, I think the old classes really need some love right now. I think with the release of Mega and Wusa, it showed that the old classes are just getting a little prehistoric feeling. Yeah, my my biggest considering complaint... my roster is all old classes. <laughs> I don't play the new <laughs> classes at all. It's fair. Um, uh, Jaycoon can uh, talk a little bit on this too, but I think that like with my biggest gripe with Witch. The one thing that really irks me about the class is it trying to the get from skills, right? Yeah. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> I, I was going to oh. say trying to get from oh. pre-awakening to awakening and back again. Like uh. trying to get back and forth between the two forms. Mm -hmm. On other classes, it's so simple. It's so seamless. Mm -hmm. Everything is so clean. And in which you're like C-swapping all the time. It's all clunky. Uh, it's like it feels really, really clunky and it's really annoying to go back and forth between the two. And it should feel more seamless and I feel like there's really no reason for that to be a thing. 
I feel like it, like thematically that that should not be a thing. I feel like all of the classes should be able to switch back and forth very seamlessly. Maybe not as well as Mystic can. Um, but like they should at least be able to go back and forth without feeling too I don't know bad about it. Like I when I have to speed spell, I'm like, oh god damn it. Uh, like I, I have to go to pre awakening and then get back again. Like it's it's really annoying. Um, so like I, I don't know. I feel like that, that I would love to see that get fixed with which with which. But I think that Tiltus makes a good point that yeah they need to go back on these some of these older classes and keep coming out with new classes. Sure, I, at least that's my opinion. On it. But like these older noticed, classes got to be updated a little bit. But I noticed on the older classes the uh, sorry I noticed on the newer classes their absolute skills are pretty much the same as their succession skills but stronger. Whereas if you look at something like Witcher Wizard. Their absolute spells look very dated and um, old, ugly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and old. It's it's unlike their succession variants completely, and so maybe they should go back and maybe update that, and it would feel better to use their absolute skills. Because I, I, I do think when it comes to awakening, um, sure, like saying your awakening is fine as an awakening witch, but I really missed back in 2019. Uh, when I was grinding like history, 2018, 2019 history, I was constantly weaving in and out of awakening and pre-awakening because your awakening spells like did not scale at all. And I missed that kind of play style. Nowadays, you just stay in your awakening. But I, I kind of wish it would go back to um, the style where you would could weave and back in and out of pre-awakening. Yeah, awakening. I so like I that. I think absolutes are part of the awakening kit. So Yeah, I, I agree. Completely. I think that was one yeah. of the that was one of the big things that i really enjoyed about dk during my brief stint when i was actually semi good at pvp in this game um you're still good at pvp give yourself was, some credit not not like not like i was then but that was one of the Same. things i really liked about dk was Opium. it was you had to weave pre-awakened and awakened in order to do damage i love that and i i loved, I loved it, it so much mm -hmm. i thought it was really engaging content because you're like you're like i'm awakened but i'm using my entire kit to the fullest of its potential absolutely um, yeah i enjoy that i think it would be really nice to see classes or see a shift in the way classes are played to be like if you're awakening you have your whole kit available and it is all functional for some reason whereas like right now it feels like and i'm maybe speaking out my ass here a little bit but i feel like awakening right now is like i could pretty much stay in awakening in all my classes and just sit there and occasionally I'll pop out of pre-awake or pop into pre-awaken to do something and then go back into awaken and succession is like, you know, it's its own monster. But um, I liked it more when you had to weave. I th I felt the game was way more engaging. Mm -hmm. You were weaving uh, skills and abilities from both kits. Uh, yeah, no, like, like, that's what I like that because, again, it, it gives the class depth. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel very one-dimensional. Mm -hmm. Like you've got to use your only your awakening kit. You're griefing if you use fireball. Um, like that. Do you think? Do you think it's a gear issue? Do you think the the, no, the have... damage? You think the damage in the game is too high now that you just you have to use the oh, optimal that's... skills every single time? No, I, I like that's 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 a can of worms. But like the uh... <laughs> that's <laughs> we don't a can of worms. But like I the just... um... <laughs> you give me a simple yes or no if you want. I think. But... No, I, I think the Jaycoon's right. Like the Witch and Wizard particularly have super outdated pre-awakening. You're griefing yourself. Mm -hmm. If you go yeah. into pre-awakening in PvE or in P mostly in PvP, you're almost always in awakening, even on Witch. Like even to use range, it used to be like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I want to use Meteor and Blizzard. I don't, I don't care. I cast Blizzard like once a node war and it gets me killed every time. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I try and I'm like, never mind. That was terrible. Um, like they, they need to update like this, how the skills look 
A, and B, they need to update a little bit of their functionality because like classes like Dark Knight, it feels like you're constantly, especially in Awakening DK, you're constantly trying to weave in things. And you're like, all right, what do I have? It's like a competition. What do I have off cooldown? Yeah. Um, and what can I catch them with? Because you're always using all the aspects of your kit versus which yeah. where you're like, well, I've used Voltaic and Thunderstorm, so <laughs> yep. gotta use a frontal guard now, I guess. <laughs> like, I, I, that's, that's it, you know? Like, um, so like, yeah, I do think that like, Jaycoon's absolutely right. Like those skills need to be updated. Like there's a, there's a few things, and this is just Wizard and Witch. We'll dive into this uh, in the next podcast a little bit more. Um, but yeah, like I think that some of the older classes definitely need to be upgrade, uh, updated a little bit more. Um, yeah. That being said, we are drawing to a close here. Guys, that was a full two hours. I was like, one to two hours. Yeah. Depends on how the conversation it's goes. It's been two hours already? It's Wait, been yeah. two hours. It <laughs> yeah, has been two hours. Right Wasn't that cool? I, I really enjoyed it. it so like, fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, it goes by quick when you get to rolling on topics. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, uh, make sure that this is going to be posted on YouTube. I'm pretty sure that uh, Jaycoon and uh, Tiltus are probably going to put theirs up on YouTube as well. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put mine up tonight so that people in the morning, the idea is that in the morning when a patch hits, you guys can just flip on one of our podcasts and listen to the game that you love so much in the morning on your way to work or something or whatever, whenever you have time to listen to it. So the idea behind this uh, podcast was to really kind of unpack a lot of the different aspects of BDO. We got to talk about PvP. We got to talk about PvE. We got to talk about content creators. We got to talk about new players, veteran players, all of it. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, big shout out uh, to JakeGoodVT uh, for being one of the co-hosts. And then twist.tv slash rsly, who is Tiltus. I'm fairly certain he's trying to get his name changed to Tiltus. Yeah, I'm probably so going to change soon. So. All right. So, yeah, we've been calling him Tiltus today. But big shout out to my co-host here. You guys did an amazing job. Uh, and we will be back uh, next Tuesday for yet another uh, podcast. Are either of you still streaming uh, after this? No, I'm done. I'm, I'm You're done? Jake, are you done? might be actually, I might have a scheduled dungeon run. Actually, someone was asking me about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah that's just, that's <laughs> I'm really, uh... Yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, all right. All right. Just, yeah. um, but, uh, okay, I'll go ahead and throw, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw it uh, on over to you. Uh, but, guys, it was so great talking to you. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do the outro uh, for my stream here. Uh, I'll catch you guys next week. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Okay, guys, I want to thank you for all the follows. Um, I know you guys will be able to you guys will be able to see their their webcams and stuff uh, for a little while longer. But like, I want to thank you for all the follows. Um, I think uh, yeah, we got we got a ton of follows during the podcast. This is a wild success. Um, they do a good job as mod, you guys. My mods did amazing. Shadow Eye Taiku, everybody did an amazing job uh, as mod here. Um. Just doing an awesome job. Oh, we need to, oh, we shouted out Jaycoon and RSA Perfect. We got, we got that done too. Good, good, good. Um, thank you guys for all the support and stuff. This is the very first time I've ever tried to do something like a podcast. I am adding a day to my stream schedule. So I'm streaming four days a week now. Um, the podcast being one of those days now on Tuesday evenings, right at Node War start time. Uh, and the, again, the idea guys is that even if you do miss the podcast, you can tune into one of our YouTube channels or watch the VOD back. Uh, and you should be able to, you know catch what you missed and and like hear about the patch notes the new happenings in the game what's happened in the last week or so uh of bdo and and, and the big topics of the game i feel like one of the big things missing from our content is it is a podcast that you can listen to on your way to work and stuff so like that's kind of how i tried to structure this um as we went here um and i really appreciate everybody tuning in
Um, so, Silence Bottomy says, Silence Bottomy said my name. <laughs> all right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and bounce out. I'm going to throw you guys over to JQ. Thank you so much. Uh, first of all, all the follows. Hey, girl. Hey, thank you so much for the follows, guys. Thank you so much for the resubs. Uh, all the people that have been um, um, following, doing raid parties, doing um, watch parties where they've been like watching for like three or four of these watch streaks, these three or four days in a row. You guys are absolute heroes. Thank you for supporting me. Um, I love you guys so much. I will see you guys on Saturday again uh, with my next um, big stream. So I'll talk to you guys then. I'm going to go ahead and throw you guys over to Jaycoon now. Uh, you guys have a great rest of your night.